Yo, this is Art the Architect with More Than a Haircut Podcast. And uh, I got a special guest. I'm going to let him introduce himself, you know, sh- slightly. Go on, start. Go on, start. I'm going to show you how y'all did us. Go on, go on yeah. start. All right. What's going on, guys? No, nah, you can't. No, nah, you can't introduce <laughs> yourself, bro. We not, I'm not even going to have that, bro. So um, it's my homeboy. Now, nah, introduce yourself seriously, though. So, um, Art knows me as Marcus Lee, but uh, at this point, I go by Clarence Lee. It's my first name, Clarence Lee Jr., Dr. Lee, yeah. uh, the persistent coach. Me and uh, we, we go we go way back, man. So, uh, yeah. we'll get into my story. We'll get into yeah, my story. But I'm just, I'm just happy to be on, man, and looking at asset value, and uh, hopefully I can say some words and inspire some folks. Oh, yeah. So, um, man, first things first. Walking in the gym, man, this is like, this had to be like 93, 94. Walking in the gym, I see this light-skinned fella, but he got his whole family with him. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like, man, that's dope. You know what I'm saying? I can't remember if it was your little sister, your big sister. It was just like, dad, mom. You know what I'm saying? It was just, it was a cool experience. Like, what you what, what you remember about that East? You know what I'm saying? That East, that, that seventh grade year. Yeah, I, I think it was eight. Was it eighth grade? It might be eighth, but yeah, I, I um no. It's funny that you mentioned that, man, because like a lot of people, um, I've been able to do some cool stuff in my life, and yeah. um, I can believe uh, a, a lot of people. A lot of people, uh, you know, um, you know, they ask questions on how, how have you been able to, and man, the fact that you mentioned that my family was there to support me, man, it's it's, it's unbelievable how much of a I I personally feel like it was an advantage, um that I had is that my, my support group. And, and I had some, some cheering fans, everything that I did, even with basketball, the, yeah. the medical school, the business school, to, to when I was at the Air Force, just, just having that support group, man, was, was, was huge for me yeah. um, because I was trying to do stuff that I had never really seen anybody do. You know, what was, what was dope, like I said, your folks was there. It also made me think about, you know, I look back at my pops and my moms, you know what I'm saying? They were together too. So it's like, you know, my, my, my pops is an accountant. So how he would teach, he would, he would, he would teach me by, Hey man, here go a stack of chicks. Go put all these junks in order. And it was just like, I'm not realizing that he's teaching me math. He's teaching me a structure outside of myself that every, every time I, I look at buildings and I see numbers, like how people look at the matrix. Yep. It's, it's, it's amazing to see that. You know what I'm saying? And I, like I said, I, I appreciate that because that gave me a sense of art. This dude got a different vibe about him. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what it is yet, but it's already dope. It's, it's a foundation. You know what I'm saying? Because I didn't realize growing up that how, how important our parents played a role in our communities. You know what I'm saying? Whether it was my pops with us, uh, Dylan and Boy Scout my first year. You know what I'm saying? He asked me and my brother, y'all want to play ball or y'all want to go do the Boy Scout? For some strange reason, we said we want to go to Boy Scout. We all out in the woods, you know what I'm saying? They got guns, shooting <laughs> records, and all kinds of, man, I was like, shit crazy. But um, let me see. Now, it's, it's, fun, it's funny that that was actually my stepdad, though. But I'll, okay. I'll, I'll okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll talk more about that. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, we'll, we'll get into that, too. So, let's, matter of fact, let's, let's get into that, you know what I'm saying, since, since we're there, because I got I got like eight pages of questions. <laughs> um, so you know what's crazy is by the time I had got to Memphis, man, we, 
just a little bit about my story before I got to Memphis. I, I had moved around a ton, man. So like my uh, I'm I'm originally from Kansas City, Missouri. So I was born in Missouri. I got and my parents were together to yeah, I, my, my 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 folks. I'm from Missouri though. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Let me, let me I be telling people I'm from Kansas City, they be talking yeah, about really, Kansas. I'm like, I I'm really like don't. Hey, hey, I'm from Missouri. But yeah, so uh Show me nah, uh, but there we go. There yeah. we go. So, um, so my yeah, my parents divorced when I was five. Man, my dad, my dad left when I was like five, and okay. So I just had I just had my mom, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, we had like kind of like traditional family. Like my my dad, uh, my dad worked. My mom didn't work. My mom stayed home, mm -hmm. and so he let. And my dad was my dad. My dad had a lot of he had a lot of demons, man. Like he 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 was in the streets. He he. He brought a lot of stuff home that I got to see. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm telling you this because by the time I got to Memphis, I had already been through so much stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, you know, so my dad took us through crazy, man. He, you know, beat my mom and I got to see yeah. all that stuff in the house. And, yeah. You know, drugs and prostitution, all that stuff. By the time I was five, I got to see the mess, what the, the mess. hood, like all, all that happened in the hood. Like I saw yeah. it from five, right? Yeah. So when he left, the money kind of went away okay and it was just it was just my mom and so my mom you know i got to see her growing up just take herself from like nothing not even working being being uh just to stay at home like a homemaker home mom mm -hmm. and uh you know put herself through nursing school okay and you know as a, as we tried to come up we moved a bunch mm -hmm. so i'm going somewhere with this but we moved a ton so like i was in i was in kansas city i went to like four or five different schools Okay. And then we moved to uh, we moved to Atlanta. Yeah. Um, I, I stayed in Arkansas for a while with my grandma when stuff got really crazy because my mom couldn't handle us. Then I moved. Then I moved to I moved. I was in Marietta, Georgia for a little bit right before we got to Memphis. Memphis yeah, I remember stayed that. there for about about three years. Got to Memphis, and so I was always kind of like the new kid, man. So I was always the new kid. I was always making new friends, and you know, I, I was like everywhere that I went. It was just a matter of 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 me just just being who I was and 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 meeting people. And so when I got to Memphis, what I loved about Memphis, man, was that it was a very I don't know the culture of Memphis. Like the people of Memphis are very they're they're very Memphis. Yeah. Like you know oh, yeah. somebody is from Memphis. From Memphis. So oh, yeah. I, yeah, I love I love that about Memphis. And um and you know at the time you know we had I mean we had Penny Hardaway. I always tell people. Man, we had Penny Hardaway. Penny Hardaway was bigger than George. Man, man for real. You got the pennies on. You, you you probably got the George, but you definitely got, got the, the pennies. pennies. Ain't no for question sure. about it. For so, sure. Um, but when I got to Memphis, um, I felt like that was when I had kind of like the most growth as like uh, in a in a mindset standpoint. Okay. Okay. Um, I got to see I got to see a lot of stuff in Atlanta, but when I really got to Memphis, um, I, I I really started to flourish a little bit. Yeah, it, you know, like even even with you, you telling that I never heard that, but it's like you didn't really you didn't really see that, you know what I'm saying? You didn't really see that in your actions, cause I know like some children are act out at school, you know what I'm saying? Just being being that a lot of people don't, I guess people do understand, you know, small children have their way of doing things. They are little people, you know what I'm saying? It's just like. A lot of people don't respect it, and you know, during during that time, I didn't I didn't see that come out of you. Nothing, nothing crazy, nothing negative. It was more or less like 
I feel like we welcomed you as, you know what I'm saying, you were one of us. Cause he was like, you was who you was hooping. So it's like, it's only a matter of time to where, man, we gonna go kick it. We chilling, we vibing, you know what I mean? Yeah. So we both should have made that team, bro. I'm just gonna say that just straight out. <laughs> and we was killing their ass that day, bro. You know what I'm saying? I was like, man, you know, to, this, to this day, I feel like part of my fire got taken just, you know what I'm saying? Like missing out on those opportunities then. But at the same time, it didn't, cause I feel like it shaped and mold a tough individual. You know what I'm saying? And not just individual, individuals. I know a lot of dudes that were hooping from, guess who else went to East? Uh, Penny. Oh yeah, come on now, yeah. yeah. But a lot of people don't know that though. Yeah. All right, yeah, let's, yeah. let's get into it, man. What is a physician, bro? <laughs> that's, a, that's all the bio, bro, like. Oh man. So, so you know, I, I so the physician's a doctor, but I, I, I always try to um, distinguish myself because, like, you get in the academia world, and you know, I went the academics route. Okay. I played basketball, and yeah. then yeah, went to college, played basketball, and then Where? realized, hey, where did um, you go? So I, Where did you I, I went to I went to Incarnate Word. It's in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, uh, you can go back to it, like Charles Walker. He said, "I be eating all the chips." Yeah, exactly. University of Incarnate Word, San Antonio, Texas. So, um, but I, I went to a small school first, but oh, and then, cool. and then, so I, you know, I started the academics, and I realized that you know I could basically compete in academics too because I was always like yeah. competitor like I always I always went hard I always trying to win I always wanted to win yeah. and so I'm sitting in the classroom and I'm like okay I'm gonna look at this just as if we playing one-on-one basketball if you sit next to me I'm gonna try to beat you like we about to take a test I'm gonna try to crush you on this test like this is like that's what I want to do it's smart and so um as a result you know my, and my mom was a nurse so I said I got to see my mom work mm-hmm. and take herself from us having nothing i mean like no furniture no lights no gas like try to figure out how we're gonna eat and i got to see what school could do for somebody so she went to school she became a nurse Mm -hmm. and it was like we was moving on up man i mean she bought a house and i'm like wow okay you could you could do something with this with this school right so i'm like all right and so in her world my mom was always like just do the best you got to be at the top and so in her world she was like my son gonna be a doctor right and so um so I went to school, but the reason why I use physician, man, is because as I got up in academia, I just started seeing everybody was a doctor. Okay. Like everybody was calling themselves a doctor. And I'm like, but a doctor of what? I mean, like you got, you got chiro- chiropractors and, and no knock against anybody, but you got chiropractors calling themselves a doctor. You got uh, psychologists calling themselves a doctor. You can have a PhD in anything and everybody is a doctor, doctor somebody. Yeah. And so people started being confused when I told them I was a doctor. One, because they they didn't really believe I was a doctor doctor. Like, you know what I mean? I tell people, they see some young cat, some young black brother. I'm like, I'm a doctor. They was like, well, what? Like, so, like, what do you mean doctor? Mm-hmm. Like, like a doctor. A doctor like a yeah, medical doctor. doctor. A medical like, doctor. I see patients. I do surgery. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And so I started using the term physician just to kind of distinguish that take me out of that little doctor role, man, and 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 let people know that I, I practice medicine as a as a physician. So 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 basically it's almost it's almost a, a niche wise. You got in a whole nother lane and you went, you know what I'm saying, you took and drove that lane, even though yeah, you're still a doctor, but not saying you're a physician that gave you more space right. to work in the room. So I, I I dig that. And um yeah I see the next question though. Um 
how you a celebrated author, dog. Celebrated so, author. Somebody said, well, my mom says persist. Yeah, I need I need the hat and the book. You hear me? <laughs> I get you. I'm gonna get you, man. I see no, I see I I see the fight along the way before the school. So was that mm. in school too? You know what I'm saying? Like, was that in school work when we were when we were in high school, junior high? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely, man. And it's and it's it's so funny because and I gotta tell this story about East because when we so when I was in uh when I was in Georgia, my mom sent me to a school out in uh out in uh, Cobb County. Okay. And we didn't live out there where I went to the school. Uh-huh. And so every day I got to go to school, I got to drive through this really nice neighborhood and I'm looking around at all these nice houses. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and bunch of white folks and I'm like okay cool you know like this is this is an option mm. you know what I mean this is an option I'm driving I'm just driving through the neighborhood so when we got ready to move to Memphis yeah we went through the same kind of looking at the school process and we would okay. look at all the schools and um you know and uh and East kind of bubbled up because at the time I was thinking I wanted to be an engineer yeah yeah, yeah. East East bubbled up as like a I don't know if it was a magnet or they had an engineer program or something right yeah so I picked East because I was like, okay, I want I want to go to East. We were living we were living in uh in East Memphis, okay. by the Mall of Memphis. Okay, it's probably not there anymore. Yeah, but uh, yeah. at, at the Mall of Memphis, we we live we I live right right around the corner from the Mall of Memphis. And so um I I, start, I picked East. I picked East for the engineering. Man, I got to East and I was like, they had the option program optional program, and I was like. I never saw this like the a clear distinction of like you got the optional program mm -hmm. and then it's like you had everybody else. Yeah. And I saw like a clear distinction and, and I was a hooper too. Yeah. So yeah. Was, like I was functioning in like two different worlds. It was like I had this, my academic friends yeah. who had no sort of athletic ability <laughs> at all. Nothing. And then I was a hooper. Yeah. So for me, I was drawn more to the folks that hoop, like from the neighborhood. Like, you know, uh -huh. it's like, you know, I was drawn more to that because that's what I wanted to do. I, I'm, I knew I could do the school, but I was drawn to the more to the folks in the neighborhood. I wanted to hoop. And so, man, I, I just remember my ninth grade year, man, my, a friend of mine got shot. His name was Glenn. Yeah, 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 and uh, he got shot at the school, man. And um, I just saw so much stuff at East. I, I just remember, I always tell the story. I always remember. Like we would show up to the school real early. I don't know how the gym would be open. I don't know who would get in there and open the gym. But we would <laughs> show up to the gym real early to hoop early in the morning, man. Early way, in before, way before school started, man. We just wake up, go hoop seven, six. And we was in there. And I just remember, dude, that people we standing outside, you waiting, okay, I got the next down, I got the next down. Yeah. And I just remember cats just used to be pulling their guns out when they was getting ready to play. Yeah. Like they just they had their pistols, they just be like, hey, hey, yeah, I'm about to hoop, it. and they just be hold, hold this, hold my, hold this, hold this, hold this, yeah. and I had never seen that, man. Yeah, yeah. I had yeah, never seen. That's real though. I had never seen it, and I was like, and then and then Glenn got shot, and I told I told my mom, I said, I got to get out of here. Yeah. I was like, I I know that if 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 I don't get out of here, something bad is gonna happen because. I, I I was on a trajectory, but it was like I was surrounded by a lot of craziness, man. And that's that's what that's what had me end up leaving, uh, you know, leaving East, man. But I, you know, when I started writing books, 
you know, to your question, when I started writing books, man, I, I, I wanted to write about all of the things that I saw because when people meet me now and they see my mindset, I always try to remind them like, like I've been through some stuff. And so mm -hmm. you might, you catching me at a, at a level in my energy level, you catching me at a different, I'm, I, it took a lot to get this where I'm at right now, like in the, in the mindset that I had. And and a lot of that I tell in my books, man. I you know I I tell I tell a lot about my stories and how I form you know most of my mindset. Yeah, you know what's you know what made me think about that is uh I I started knowing Glenn, Nardo, Cardo, and all of them in like sixth grade. Yeah. I went I went to summer camp. You know what I'm saying? And uh I met Glenn there. Glenn was one of the homies at the summer camp. So it was like that was my precursor to going to East. And yep. then when I went to East, it was just like, man, it's a family affair. But I, I feel you on like, we, I was in the engineering program too, but it was, it was like, it wasn't what I was used to as far as like, man, you go from, like you said, the hoopers, you go from the hood, you go from engineering, the optional program, then you go, they got the, uh, I don't know if it was, it was a medical program too or something like that, but we had, yeah. you know what I'm saying? We had that vibe too. So um, I want to throw I want to throw my my boys Tink and Fred in there too, man. Man, uh, yeah. Was, uh, I was out, like, man, yeah. I don't I, know if you remember yeah. Daniel, Sean, Sean. I remember Daniel, yeah, man. I remember all hey, of it. Sean is is my brother in law now, dog. Oh, that's love. <laughs> that's love. But yeah, so, that was the that was the crew, man. Those are the guys that actually um, all those cats that you named when I got to East. Yeah. Uh, those are the guys I wanted to kick it with. Those, those are the hoopers, man. Those, yeah. the, those are the guys that was getting it. Um, yeah. So I, I was trying to hang out with them. <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah. So um, international speaker. Yeah, man. So I started internationally is mm -hmm. when I joined the military, man. Okay. Um, my dad was, my, oh my gosh. So my dad was a Marine. So I got to see a little bit of the edge that the military gave you and I wanted it. Mm -hmm. um, I just saw a clear distinction between my dad and his, his siblings. Uh, and from a military standpoint, like he was still doing his craziness, but there was certain military-ish things about him that I really liked. Mm -hmm. I thought he had an edge. So I was like, okay, I want, I want it too. And so I joined the Air Force right before I started medical school. Okay. And, uh, you know, I was able to travel all over, man. I went all over the world, man. So it's, I feel like every young black brother needs to go travel, man. I yeah. feel like that's like the first education number one. I, even yeah. before you go to school, I feel like you need to just see the world, man. And um, that's a goal. That's a goal of mine. For my, I learned. Yeah. I learned so much stuff just being in other countries and dealing with other people. And and to be quite honest, I wasn't black when I went to other countries. I was an American. Yeah, I was but, an American. But that's but that's the that's the underlying tone and and, and um thought process though. They they oh. they understand something totally different than, than we understand. You know what I'm saying? To where it's just like when you when you talk about traveling, I remember my my parents distinctly. We would go on a road like every summer. We were going somewhere, so it took me out of the mind frame of the four walls that we was around. Yeah. Like, yeah, we could be from the hood, but that don't mean like you gotta be stuck in this place where all you know is all right, I'm gonna go to the corner store, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna go to my partner house. We got the we got the uh the fire department and the police that went it was more than just that for them four corners. So like that did open my mind up. So 
I, you know, again, that, that that's that whole thing of the parents, man. You know, like they they helped lay a foundation and a vision of where I hadn't been able to travel outside the country. My brother has, you know what I'm saying? My mom has, my dad has. I don't know if my sister has, but that that uh it sounded like they gave you a good opportunity, man, to see some different stuff. It, it it was huge and and I started um you know once I once I got talk talk about the speaking man because I've been able to do a lot of stuff and it was just been crazy but just mm. you know I started speaking uh, basically telling my story like when I got to when I became an intern after medical school so I finished medical school I'm a doctor mm. I'm going into my residency program to train in surgery because I wanted to do surgery initially and so I get there. And I'm the only brother in the entire general surgery program. So it's five years of residence. And I think it was five or six in every class. And I was the only black dude. And, and it was a military program too. <clears throat> so I was like, what? I was like, why? Because I knew, I knew my story. I knew where I had been from. I knew everything that I had been through. And I was just trying to ask myself, like, why, why weren't there? On? other black dudes doing what I was doing, right? So I was like, I need to start sharing my story. And so at the time I was in San Antonio and I was like, yo, where's the worst part of town? Like, where's the, where's the most hood school? Like, I'm about to go over there and I'll start doing work. Mm-hmm. So I started a mentoring program there and kind of word got around. I started working with the basketball team, yeah. the, with the boys basketball team. I started working with them and words kind of got around and um, I started getting opportunities to speak mm. and you know I kept speaking kept speaking kept speaking and, and ended up you know uh, building a business building a speaking business man now I go and travel and I speak at these universities and schools and and uh you know all over the place I even got to speak uh for the military and that's when the international piece got in Dang, I even got cool. to do talks all yeah all over the world man just just sharing my gift and telling my story man, um that's crazy I got you know keep going though that's it's some things of what you're saying, some things that I'm working on. Yeah, I I think, I, I mean, at this point, I would I would say, I think one of the things that have helped that has helped me succeed is that in every every situation that I've had, I've I've literally I've tried to make the most out of every opportunity. So, um, and and I think young people, because my passion is for young folks and and folks our age, like I feel like every opportunity that we get. Like there's gold in it, but we got We got to see it. You know what I mean? Because if you see, you might get, like you might get, like, like you might get distracted if something doesn't go exactly your way. So like when I was in when I was in college, like, you know, I, I, you know, I didn't perform how I wanted to perform on a basketball court, and I was real frustrated in my basketball career. And I could have easily just went down this hole of like I'm not hooping, I'm not gonna go to pros, I know, I'm not gonna do this. And I could have just went into this spiral down. instead of and, and, yeah spiral down and not realizing that I'm in I'm in the, I'm at a university I got you know I got I got people I got connections I, I I'm an athlete like everybody knows me on campus like mm-hmm. you know I can go on set meetings with the vice president and this 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 academic could be a catapult for me like you know what I mean it could be a foundation for me so every along the way like I feel like everything that I did I saw I, I tried to look for the opportunities where I was at. Even if everything wasn't perfect, you know, and so I think yeah. that's what has opened a lot of doors for me to yeah. be able to do do stuff was just kind of looking for opportunity. Now that's real, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I don't know, 
Do you remember the wrestler Reggie B. Fine? Mm-mm. Now go ahead. Her name is not. <clears throat> well, his uh his son went his son goes to East too. Oh, went to East too with us. I don't know his okay. name. His name was Tark. But, Tark, uh, I remember Tark. Yeah. All right, Tark. That's my homeboy's brother, who was calling our high school games. Uh, Reggie Junior. He's a comedian now. You know what I'm saying? He called okay. a game when we were at White Station in Germantown, which was crazy. Okay. That's how he remembered me. And then we okay. got to college, and he was just like, man, I remember you. You was, I was like, man, we, we'll talk about that, bro. <laughs> but, um, what, you're, what you're saying is something that I was looking to settle with his, with his brother, with Tart, to actually start with that school, talking to the boys, you know what I'm saying, to the students. We're going to the other schools, you know, talking to the students because it's so, it's, to me, it's so vital to communicate with them because we've been through the same doors, some of the same situations, not knowing that all they need is somebody to listen to them, to give them a formula, to talk to them, even to a point of my podcast started from conversating with people sitting in my chair, where it's just like, if I introduce you to Bitcoin and then you go into the stock market or you find some financial literacy, or you tell me some some up to date uh, information that's going on around the world. Oh man, I I pretty much done my job because you can tell me about what's going on bad or negative. You can tell me that yep. any day. But now if you telling me, hey man, I just made a play where I made a thousand dollars legally in the market, and now you telling me about some more information and I ain't including what I'm doing. Oh man, it's a it's a win win. So Absolutely, man. And I, and I, and uh, I, what I was thinking when you when you were talking was that like, <clears throat> I think a lot of our folks, man, because this has just been my experience. I feel like it's important to to share your stories with the young folks. Share your story with everybody, man, because people. I meet people right now, and that's why, I, like, I wanted to come in on the on 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 the oh, podcast yeah. with you, yeah. man, because. I don't get to see a lot of people like like who I grew up with, you know, because like I'm I'm chasing my dream. I got family. I'm doing my thing, but I always feel connected to to folks that that I knew from way way back. Because when I meet people now, like they see they see me as a successful person. They don't necessarily connect me to my to my story. You know, they're not saying you know I, mean? I, don't want, connect- I don't want to be like Mike. I want to be like Maul. I want to be like Clarence. Come on, man. <laughs> no, nah, for real. No, seriously though, like. They seeing the success of what you had to work in the gym to do. The gym don't necessarily mean you in the, you on the court. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. you, t- you took that same energy, that same drive, the same persistence and said, all right, let me add it to academia. Let me add it to education. Let me add it to what's going on. Because now, like you said, man, like people need motivation. Why can't it be from somebody that look like them? Oh, I, yeah. hey, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. And, um, I, you know, that every, every, everywhere I go, I, I try to, I try to share my struggles, man. Like the, the things that I went through because, you know, I can, I can read my bio and be like, oh, okay, I've been able to, here's a win. Here's a win. Here's a win. It's the work, I do this. I do this. I do this. Um, and I, and I'm, I'm appreciative of all those opportunities, but I feel like my real story is, is, is held in, in, in my come, like my come up and where I, where I've come from. You know what I mean? The things I've been through and the things that I've seen. Because the passions that I have right now come from all of the stories that we've been talking about. Like all of the passions that I have come from all of that. And so when, you know, when I started doing the work in the school with the kids, like my my initial 
my initial thing was that I wanted the kids to to see that I, I was them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I wanted to see that. I'm, I'm, dude, we exactly the same. So if there's anything, and this is what I really want to say, if there was anything when somebody looks at me, if there's anything that you think in your brain that separates me from you, that's a lie. That's yeah. a that is a trick. That is that is that is a trick. <laughs> that's quick, a trick quick. of Satan. That's a trick in your mind, man. Because then yeah. it, it's gonna it's gonna separate you from 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 my success or or, or from from my lifestyle. And from, from it's gonna separate you like that's not yours, but it is. Mm-hmm. And you know that's that's why every time I go and speak, that's it is you're exactly the same. Yeah. So I know when I win, when I win, if I go and I speak, and a kid a kid comes up to me and says, "Man, you just like me." Now I know I didn't. Want, I won. Yeah, I got job. you. You planted your seed, you. yeah. right? Because that you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm gonna take you back, and we're gonna go forward. But um, we started this, and we're gonna finish this. Shit. You know what I'm saying? So I remember when that video came out, A Ball MJG. Yep. And I'm gonna tell you, it's a triple threat of Marcus. Is for me. It's my brother. It's you, and it's Marcus Maples. Marcus Maples, come on. You know now. what I'm saying? You know, he grew up in my neighborhood. Yep. In elementary, you know what I'm saying? So it's like to see, to see y'all was in the video, I felt like I, I succeed. I'm like, man, hey, check out my homeboy. You know what I'm saying? And no, it was just it was a quick, it was a quick one, two, one, two. <laughs> well, it was like I was my in dog the video a, though, dog. My dog in a video, in the video though. Video. Yeah. Man, come on. <laughs> How was it? How was that experience, man? You know what I'm saying? Just uh, that was, you saying. know, I, I felt like I said when when I was in Memphis at the time, I felt that I was in a special place, you yeah. know, because I had I had moved from Missouri and I was in Arkansas and in Georgia, and then I yeah. got to Memphis and Memphis. It just felt like they knew who they were. Like if you're from Memphis, you you they just no. felt like everybody that I met they knew they knew who they were. And yeah. so then I started looking around. I'm like, wow, I got eight ball MJG. I already had heard about them in Atlanta. Yeah. Oh, wow, they're from Memphis, and you got Penny Hardaway. I'm like, wow, this is Memphis, Memphis. you know. And I'm like, I'm in Memphis, you know. And so, and at the time, Penny was like, I mean, oh my god, he is our MJ. He is our MJ. He homie had the had the doll, and I was like, what? What? So, but to uh, you know, to get to, I can't even remember how, but yeah, to be able to be in that video, man, I just thought it was, I just thought it was awesome, you know. I think we left school, and we was like, hey. Where we went, where the park at? Hey, we gonna be here. Look, yeah, we about to be in this video. Yeah. Oh, come on, man, that was that was a great experience. I I still I can't remember the last time I was googling online trying to find the thing. Man, I go <laughs> I go and watch videos all the time, man. Just just from being in the hip hop, you know what I'm saying? Like I feel like hip hop shine it shaped it shaped our lives. Like I tell my I tell yeah. folks like if it wasn't for my cousin introducing me to an outcast tape. And the kids be like, man, what the hell is a tape? Right. <laughs> be you like, get your little pencil. You better get your pencil and roll that back. You better that, straighten it out. Hey, we used to record the, <laughs> we used to record the uh, radio shows and everything, bro. Hey, hey, you remember Stan Bell too? Yeah. <laughs> it's the roll call. Oh, um, so the elephant in the room, man. The um, the situation that's going on with George Floyd. You yeah. Know, um, it uh it uh it affects us in so many different ways and 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 it's it's still the same conversation about like we've been having to deal with these things so long from the from the Arby situation to the sister that got killed in her home 
you know what I'm saying, recently. So it's like, it's not even no, no uh, it's not even a, a question. It's just more or less like, how does this, how does this situation impact you, your family, uh, the community? Cause it's already a situation with the, the COVID-19 aspect. Like yeah. how is the situation with the elephant in the room with George Floyd being killed? Like how is it impacting your thought process and you as a, as a, as a so-called male and so-called black male in America, man? I'm gonna I'm keep it. Man, I'm just, I might go left on this with you, but I gotta, right, I'm gonna I mean, tell you how I feel about it. So, you know, one, you no know, racism, I, I grew up, I mean, come on, yeah, South, yeah. Midwest, all the time, everywhere that, I, everywhere that I went. I remember very distinctly my dad having conversations with me about, you know, how to deal with police and, and, and hey, that it was a life or death situation. And from, from the time oh, I was really, really young, I, I feared interactions with the police because I knew I could die. And so it was, that's how I viewed every situation with a police officer. My heart rate went up. I was, I was, I was like, I was my, I was on edge and I was like, at any point this could pop off to this dude shooting me. Like I was like every situation. <clears throat> and so I grew up thinking that and and you know, I just fight. You just fight through that, fight through that, fight through that. But I'm gonna tell you right now what I think the answer to all of this is. I'm gonna tell you right now. And people, you know, a lot of people don't like when I say this, but I'm gonna tell you right now. You got racism, and then you got you got classism. Okay, yeah. so you got people looking at your race, but then they also looking at your class. And I feel mm -hmm. like us black folks, we have to get the class. We gotta get up to. And that's and it, I'm talking about money, man. So nah. now. The color is green. The color is green, bro. And so, you know, people look. I'm only going to I'm only going to add to the plate of what you're saying. That's all I'm going to say. People, so, so pe people, especially you know, you know, black folks might be, oh, you all about the money and you're trying to get the money and it, it's bigger than that. Listen, green is the new color now. So when, how does it affect me and my family? I make green, I make green. So the neighborhoods we dealing with, and, and I, the, the situations that I tell people, I'm like, you don't see this happening in Beverly Hills because the people, the black, young black males they see in Beverly Hills, he might mess around and be Kevin Hart's son. The, the cops already know that because they in the same class. They know what class is there. But if they see your race and they connect you with a lower class, that's racism on top of classism. And now it's like, oh, you know, he, he less than me, right? So for me, my approach has been, look, I'm changing my color to green because green talk everywhere that I go. Mm -hmm. Green talk everywhere I go. So when I walk up into a place, you understand that the color is green is in my pocket. You treat me a whole different way. And that's been my experience. So And so that green now, how it comes to affect my family, that green now goes everywhere my family goes. Yeah. Everywhere my kids go yeah. is green. My kids go to private school. I'm not playing with you. It's green, mm. right? So you look where I live. It's green. So uh, I, everybody that's dealing with me and my family right now is seeing the color green. And so you know, and then folks, you know, with me, I, I get it all, man. So then, you know, folks, I, like, know, I know, but I'm saying like skin and they pride, they they. They nicer to you because you like skinning your kids. They got the curly all. hair, so they yeah. don't see. But look, man, I man, think it's green, I know, man. I know our you, people get our money right. 
And I know you've been through hell and high water, just like I have in Memphis, you know what I'm saying? And then now seeing the world, and it's kind of like, I'm pretty sure on the international scale, they, they treated you totally different than they did. Absolutely. Like here. But it's like, at the same time, what I wanted to add was, it's a, it was a video I was up, up uh, early this morning. It's a, it's a video by this brother named uh, BNX. And what okay. he, he said the same thing about the green being the situation or the paper being the situation. Why? Because a revolutionary shouldn't die without being able to take care of his family, his or her family. Mm. Mm. So he was saying like, okay, and he, he studies under Farrakhan and Elijah Muhammad, which I ain't, I'm not knocking anybody's religion. I ain't, I ain't, mm -hmm. that's not, that's not where I'm at. What I'm looking at is with what he said about if we have a security company and this so-called black men that's risking their lives for the security company, why can't he get paid to protect the neighborhood? And in that way, that, that be a way in which He's providing for his family. His baby ain't gotta go hungry. Ain't gotta go without what he or she needs. Wife is taken care of. Even if she's a, a doctor, dentist, or whatever, even if she's a stay-at-home mom, you know what I'm saying? It's taken care of. Why, you know, so it's I I agree on on that on that aspect of the money. Because I'm like, yeah. you gotta, you gotta have, you gotta be able to function. Cause the world is is physical and it's in the digital now, mm. so it's a lot of it's a lot of games being played. It's a lot of things going on. I feel like behind closed doors that communication is not always going on, but we we see what's going on, and it's yeah, always and it's always been here, bro. It's, absolutely, it's, and I it's think it's always had. when when you come out when you come out of that class. So that's why I want I want our people to also look at at class. Because when you come out of the, when you come, when, because the oppression is, is, is multiple, right? It's not only that you black and all of these, okay, here are the stereotypes that come with you being a black male, right? So yeah. then that pushes you down. Yeah. Now also, you ain't got no money, right? So, so not, only, not only did I just call you black and everything that black comes with being black, now I also get to call you poor. So, so now, coming up how I came up I'm I'm a black male I'm poor bro I was thinking I wasn't gonna make it till 18 bro no, like, you, I remember but, but again, that, yeah. that was that was that's something I, that they put in my brain but bro. that's what I that's what I tell boys in the hood that's why I tell people you know what I'm saying like man I remember a time where it's like hey man we ain't not even gonna see 25 let alone 18 let alone 19 you know what I mean with with with, with dealing with what we had to deal with then it's like I, I phrased this last night. Uh, Martin Luther King, well, my, my grandmother, Martin Luther King, and Malcolm X didn't see 30, you know, past 39. So just imagine, I'm 39 now. Mm. So imagine me being able to see 40 is a, you know what I'm saying? It's a feat. It's, a, it's, it's crossing, oh you know what I'm saying? Crossing oh my God. The, 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 mind, the mindset. And and so you, you look at the because the oppression comes in a lot of different ways, but you know, right now where I'm at, I I am I am like on the soapbox of having our people get our money together because every grievance that it's because I'm I'm always like I said everywhere I went I'm always looking for the opportunity. I knew I knew mess was gonna be there. I knew racism was gonna yeah. be there. I knew that was gonna happen, but I'm looking for an opportunity. I'm trying to make moves. I'm trying to make moves. Cause I'm trying to win. 
right? I'm not going to be the person sitting over in the corner like all the white men trying to hold me down. Like, that's not, I mean, that was never me. It's not happening. So I'm like, okay, let me make my moves. And so now I want to, I'm teaching. And every single time I'm going to be able to say this, I'm going to say it. If you got a grievance with the world, if you got a grievance with the USA, if you got a grievance, meaning somebody has did you wrong, now I'm about to start asking black folk, do you have your money right? So if you come to me and say, oh, uh, the bank, the banker didn't give me the loan uh, because uh, or they discriminated, what, what, get your money right. Why you got to go get the loan? Well, all these, all these other folks are able to go and get the loan and that's worse than me. I understand that. We know that. But let's get your money right. Okay, so if you come to me and say, oh, they didn't give me the promotion because this other, you know, this other white person was in there. They didn't give me the promotion. First thing I'm going to ask you, if you got your money right, why are you working for somebody else? That, you know, like. So, so that's, if that's for real. me, it's, it's going to go right back to green because as soon as we as a people bubble up, we get our wealth within our family's generation wealth. A lot of these grievances, a lot of this stuff is going it, it, to it's, it's be irrelevant. It's going to be irrelevant because I'm not going to be out in the street dealing with people with these mindsets. You know, and, and, and so I tell people, you know, and, and like I said, I'm glad you asked this question because, look, I'm, I'm fine with being, con- I'm fine with being uh-huh. controversial about this stuff because, like, I think with, with the George Floyd situation, you got you got two you got two problems happening. You got a, a, a leadership, so a, a municipality or like a government leadership that's leading an area that is that is is primarily black, right? But if you look at who's in the leadership, it doesn't mirror the people in the community. So then now I got people in leadership that don't look like the people in the community. Now who gets the promotions to police chief? Who gets these opportunities to be in these jobs, these government jobs, right? These city jobs. Who gets these opportunities? Well, my boy gonna get that opportunity. He just ha- happened to look like me because we grew up together. So now, not only do you have the leadership that's white, now you got the the, the police chief. You are, now you got all these other people, and so now you got a a, a population that is governing and policing a population that they don't even feel connected to. That's not even me. That's not the same. He's not my family. He's not my friend. I didn't go to school with him. We don't have connections. So now you, you have people governing another people that they don't even feel connected to. So I feel that the, the answer is so easy in my brain. The people are like, oh, it ain't, it shouldn't, uh, it's not supposed this, to be that way. But this is the thing, though. Like, Tupac, Tupac is somebody that I studied, and he always said, you can't go to war unless you got your money right. Mm. You know what I'm saying? In itself, that don't mean that's still I'm finna go, I'm finna go bang, you know what I mean? But it's like at the same time, you can't go to war unless you got your money right. It ain't no different than one of my homeboys, Derrick Grace, where he says, <clears throat> unlearn and relearn. Mm. You know what I mean? So he's taking the approach of financial literacy. He's taking the approach of investing in the gold and in the silver. He got tattoos everywhere, bro. He teaching his children about guns and all kinds of stuff, bro. He not, he not playing a victim role. And it's a lot of cats, same way, just like that. You know what I mean? And I'm a, I wanna say something, I wanna get into like, what does financial literacy do for you? Yeah. Mean yeah. to you. But before I get into that, I feel like Say for instance, the situation where I just saw a video where it was a dude, it was a cop from St. Paul knocking out the windows 
of the auto zone that's, that's kind of causing stuff to be burnt mm -hmm. up and vandalized, right? Mm -hmm. What if the same thing happened at the police station where I thought about this? Maybe the evidence or whatever is going on for George, for George Floyd when in the, in the station. But what if what they had going on in previous cases, in prior cases that happened before, what if it was some corrupt things that was going on today where they had paper files, not digital files? Mm. What if that was the reason for it to be destroyed? But that's just, you know what I'm saying? Like, these are right. some, of, some of my direct questions. Because oh, for sure. Because just like what, what you're saying, if, if in effect, these things are going on, the attack to me should be the insurance bond as an officer because they have to hold the oath as an officer, but they also have an insurance bond as an officer. Like you said, money. If you hit them where it hurts, where it's in their pockets, or you make them bleed, they understand that shit. Excuse my French, but they understand it. Mm -hmm. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And if you, if you hit that insurance bond, you can't work no goddamn where. Right. Right. You can't drive out here with no insurance. Just like the Target got vandalized. They got insurance. They're going to be able to rebuild it. Yep. For sure. So, like, what does, what does financial literacy look like to you, bro? So, I, I think that, you know, I say unfortunately, but, you know, fortunately, too, because... When, when when struggle comes, you know, you it builds strength, right? So I don't always look at every plot or plight that you know we have to go through as a bad thing, but mm -hmm. I I feel like um, we as a we as a people we have to we have to own. And so I talk I I talk about this. I I went and gave a talk up at Sac State for like their that's that, that's that Black Wall Street talk. That's that Black Wall Street talk. No, so. So it was, you know, and I said the, the true, true, true freedom is in ownership. And we, we, we don't, we don't always think from an ownership perspective. We don't always follow the ownership, but there's people that have built wealth that they think ownership. And so, you know, even with our dollars in the companies that we support. So I love what you're talking about as far as like, Hey, you, you if you hit that money, it's, it's, a, it's a little different. It, 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 it's a little different for you. So for me, Financial literacy starts with understanding that you can own mm -hmm. and understanding that whoever owns, whoever owns in every place that you spend your money, whoever owns, that's who you're really supporting. Yep. So if you don't think ownership, yeah. you don't really know who you're actually supporting because you don't know who you're giving your dollars to. And so a lot of us, you know, we might think, well, who got the best deal? Where's the cheapest? You know, you might look for the, for the bottom. You know what I mean? And that's, and okay, I'm going to go there because this is what I got to do. I got to be resourceful and yeah. I got to get the most out of my money and stuff like that. And in the reverse, what's, what's crazy about it is that you end up supporting the very causes, right? You might, okay, what political party is this person a part of? Okay, who's the owner of this? What initiatives do they support? Oh, that money bubble all the way up to the top. And so for us, from a financial literacy, I think it starts with ownership. So own, own as much as you can. You got to own everything. And then if you don't own, understand who does own. So at least you know who you're supporting with your money. But we're so, we're so blunt. We're, it's like a, it's like a bottom feeding like mentality that I grew up with, man. 
And it was just like, I'm so busy with my head down. I'm so, bro, I'm so busy with my head down trying to survive, trying to eat, trying to stay alive. Listen to me, man. This is where a lot of our genius, it leaves our, this is where all our genius goes. Right in the hood, on the street, I'm trying to survive. I gotta be. I gotta use all my genius, all my brain thought to survive where I'm at because these these are the challenges that I have to use my problem solving skills against. Now, as soon as you liberate someone out of poverty, as soon as you liberate them, now I can hold my head up. I can look around, and because I'm taken care of, follow me because I got my 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 needs my needs are met because my needs are met now i can look around and be like you know i should do something about that you you, you see you see wow that's 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 okay that probably let me see if i can get some of my people we can do something about this all right you know these kids right here need a little bit of help you know what i mean now it's like my whole problem solving is at another level yeah, and, and then, so for us, that's cool. A lot of our genius just gets lost because you know we we don't own, <laughs> and but we don't understand that we can't own. So it's kind of like I don't know if it's it, I don't think it's playing devil's advocate. Like I'm I'm on I'm on some in- information now that's saying like own nothing and control everything, but it's also it's also saying like it's still saying ownership. Don't get it twisted, but it's just more or less like. I, I I dig and I understand what you're saying. I value what you're mm-hmm. saying. It's like, again, I'm not taking away. I feel like I'm adding to the plate when I say I own nothing and control everything because you we we don't we I don't think we understand the, the spirit that we possess and what we do to manifest and bring about money too. You know what I'm saying? When you speak on financial literacy, I feel like even what you're saying, when you go in and you talk to the kids, to the youth or to the so-called black males, really to anybody. When you look at them and you tell them they're an asset or they can be a liability, I also mm-hmm. look at that as financial literacy, meaning this move that you're about to make, man, you can be an asset. This can be an asset to you, but you mm-hmm. also got to understand you can be liable and you got to be mm-hmm. liable for this move you are about to make. Mm. Well, you probably about to risk your life and, and do 10 years. You know mm. what I'm saying? Or you can go, you can go to barber school. You can go be a surgeon. You know what I'm saying? You can go be a plumber. You can go be an electrician. Yeah, it's gonna be hard up front. My fan, my financial literacy came from fucking up. But at the same time, it's like it didn't because the roots are here go to checks, put them in order. Here go rich, rich dad, poor dad. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a clue. I don't. Th- I I know my pops had a clue, but he found a way in which here go a book, man. Here go a book of information. Here go a wealth of knowledge. It may not. You may not get it right now. Mm-hmm. You may see it running a restaurant, but you will understand. Like I understood the intern job of working for free and how they help. Right. And it's just like, man, that's you know, that 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 uh. That financial literacy made me think about a book from my homeboy. He got when uh when four 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 came out. When Jay was like, yeah. "Financial freedom, my only hope." Fuck yeah. getting rich and dying broke. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Fuck getting rich yeah. and dying broke. So my homeboy is uh Jeremiah Brown, and he came out with a book 
You know what I'm saying? It, it, it then I'm not gonna say it, it changed the way because all I feel like all of these things led to me being molded and understanding financial literacy from the bankruptcy that happened in 1929, between 1929 and 33 with the Great, Great Depression. I remember yeah. having conversations with my grandfather, him being born around that time. Mm. That he remember, you know what I'm saying? He remembered at the time. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, how how do you go about turning money into money? I saw that as a point. I was listening to you yeah. live. Like, yeah. what are, and you don't have to go in depth, but like, yeah. how ways you learn, how did you, that there it is, how did you learn to turn money into money? And what did you mean by that? Was it from like a formula standpoint or was it just like? It, it was, it's a, it's, it's a mindset. So okay. it, it was, it, it's a, it's, it's, it, for me, when I realized that, and, and, and people might disagree, but when I realized that God blessed me with money so that I could turn that money into more money, that's the reason for the actual blessing. When I realized that, it changed the whole way that I saw my finance. Because at first, if you grow up with nothing, and I'm, I'm going to tell you, look, just so you get the back. You grow up with nothing. I don't have anything. So my whole life, all I'm thinking is the reason why I don't have it is because I don't have the money. So we go into a store, and I say, Ma, I want them J's. She tell me, you can't afford it because we don't have the money. The answer in my mind is get the money, then I can get whatever I want. That's the answer, right? Never did anyone ever tell me, let's see what you can do with the $200. If the whole intention of you having $200 is because you can turn that 200 into another 200, I wouldn't even have been thinking about getting Jordans when I was thinking about it. So, so when I got to, you know, a little bit of age and a little bit more of influence and I, you know, I, 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 I see the military and I start getting into budgeting and then I get out into the real world of medicine and I start managing the clinic and I start seeing all this money exchanging around. I am like, your freedom lies in your ability to create some sort of ecosystem that put you put cash in and it makes cash out for you. Listen. You put cash in, mm -hmm. it pulls cash out for you. Yeah. Don't have nothing to do with you going somewhere. Don't have nothing to do with you clocking and hitting the clock. Nope. Don't have nothing to do with none of that. So it's a mindset, right? So if I can get you, that's why I'm, I'm going to be driving this freaking green because as soon as we get our money right, we're going to see a lot of stuff change. So as soon as I can get you to every dollar that you get, mm -hmm. you say to yourself, how can this dollar turn into another dollar. Yeah. If you do that with every dollar that you get, now I'm looking at, okay, maybe I can invest in a business. Okay, maybe yeah. I can, you know, maybe I can buy a, a bond or maybe I can buy stock or maybe I can, uh, you know, use this money that I have as an investment into some sort of enterprise. Now I'm thinking like that opposed to, what can I get? What can I buy? What kind of car can I shine with? What kind of clothes can I look fresh with? What kind of house can I buy so people are impressed with? What kind of what? I'm not even on that. Yeah. I'm like, let every dollar you get turn that down to a dollar. So it's more of a mindset. So it's and it's less tactics. It's yes. less about the tactics because people make money all kind of ways. Yeah, they do. That's why that's people are always like, go ahead. 
No, nah, it's it's so as I was sitting there thinking, I was like, what's the word? What's the word? It's like going back to the owning, owning nothing, controlling everything, and ownership too, at the same time. Like Black Wall Street was ownership. Intellectual property. Not only intellectual property, it was a uh, it's a sister named Ashley Fox from, from Philly. My brother introduced me to her, right? She yeah, I'm familiar on, with her work. She does great work. Worked on Wall Street, right? So I'm sitting here and and I got I got an album out, right? So I got a song called God Vision. It's a song by itself that right now people can play it while we chilling, right? So the other aspect is my grandmother who I brought up that passed when she was 39. She told my dad and them, or not my dad, my uncles and them, she said, one day you're going to be able to press a button and travel all the way around the world. To me, that's the mm-hmm. internet. That's what we, I'm living, I'm living what she was speaking in spirit and form, right? So I'm saying God vision because even behind me on the wall, it's a painting that says God vision, right? Mm-hmm. So taking that into account, I started writing a book because of Ashley Fox. And what she said, she had a video about Nike. I knew about this young dude while he was in high school, his mom was going through financial hardships, going in debt. But she said, one thing I did, I started teaching my son about the stock market. He went high school playing ball, like you talked about that $200. He invested in the Nike. So as he was investing in the Nike and going playing ball, in high school, he making money. Mm. But just imagine this being introduced where Ashley says, for Christmas, instead of buying just the Jordans, well, if you go buy your child some Jordans, why don't you buy uh, stock in Nike? Light bulb automatically went off. It was just like, it was a song going off. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> My son, his birthday came up. Hey, dad, I want some Jordans. I was like, well, nigga, I'm not finna buy you no motherfuckers. But then, I thought about my parents were thinking in that manner, but my pops put me on um, the uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad. Yeah, I'm listening to Gary V. You know what I'm saying? And then I'm I'm listening to Ashley, and it's like I'm not gonna tell him what he can't do. I'm gonna tell him like, all right, this is what you got to do. You got to come to the shop, and you got to figure out how you gonna make some money mm. in order to to get. The Nike stock, not buy the Jordan shoes. I'm going to buy you the Jordan shoes for your birthday. But you're going to have to come in here and you're going to have to pay me. Just give me $30 towards the Nike stock. I go I go sell off shares of stock that I have. And I think it was like I had made a big, big deal off of a, it was a cannabis company. They was, mm-hmm. they was talking about uh, dementia, medicine for dementia. My grandmother has dementia. I made a play where I'm like, I had 60, I had 60 shares. I able, I made money back from a share that went from sixteen cent to sixteen dollars. Mm. So now mm-hmm. I got I got a little money to say okay, I'm in. I got an Apple phone. Let me invest in the app. Playing Monopoly, Greenhouse Red Hotel. Use their formula. So going back to my son, it's like all right, son. You bring me back. I think I was like twenty or thirty dollars. He brought it back to me after sweeping the floor because he figured out all right. If I sweep, a few people give me some money. Dad gonna give me some money too. So now he owns a share of Nike stock. My daughter owns a share of uh, Microsoft and plenty of others. But that's just like the start of 
the fight the less financial literacy. And now absolutely ask me about it. You know what I mean? So it's like I, I I dig what you're saying when it comes to the financial literacy, man. It's, it's, yeah, one of the one of the key. best books I've read. So I, I uh, it's called The Intelligent Investor. Rich Dad Poor Dad is a good is a great book. And there's another one. I think I got that. It came out yeah, in the nineties. Yeah. So I was I was but, like when I first started, I was like, let me just watch some interviews of like Warren Buffett and see what okay. he says, and you know, and that was one of the books that he always recommended, Intelligent Investor. So I I think that that helped me. Honestly, I went to business school after medical school because I'm like, okay, I'm an entrepreneur. I have a business mind. Anyway. I don't think that uh, me hitting a clock and billing and seeing patients for a company is, is going to lead to the, the generational wealth that I want. Yeah. Yeah. And so I said, well, I'm going to go to business school because, and man, I, I uh, maybe I might not talk about that, but. But you know, look a lot. A lot of this pipeline, dude. Look, look man, I got no soapbox about this, bro. No, we gonna we gonna do another deal on just that. On like, we got we got to because they they teach doctors. They don't teach doctors how to make money, man. They nah. teach doctors how to be employed. Now, I'm trying to get like, look, I want to get just like Nike got the shoe for the doctors. I'm a barber, man. I need some. I need some shoes. Uh, Nike or um, who is this? Uh, Puma, Reebok, what's yeah. up, Fila? Yeah, I yeah. need some. I need some. Come on, man. Yeah, so I, I, I think yeah, that book helped me even more than business school understand the financial statements and how to read and how to value a company and and how to see if it's a good a good value buy. Yeah. Uh, Intelligent investors is a great book. Yeah, I, I, I gotta, I gotta add that to my what they say repertoire. I feel like yeah. Jay was off of that. I know my um. I'm gonna go back now. A degree in medicine, biology yeah. and business, bro. How the hell did you do? That? I did it. Was it it's it's. Hey, what my mom says persists. I I see, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I I got the the idea to, to become a physician. Uh, my mom introduced me to a few mentors. Mm -hmm. um, early uh early in life so you know when she was going through nursing school i got to see her she got to the hospital she found some brothers you know in the hospital that you know looked like me and was like hey can you hang out with my son and so you know i started hanging out with, with surgeons you know brothers that was doing this you know back in the early 90s and they started taking me under their wing hey this mm -hmm. is what you need to do to make it happen um and and so the the medicine was always there, but I always I, and I tell the story, man. It took me five years to get into medical school. Mm. I had to apply over five hundred times, so I applied to every medical school for five years straight until I got a yes. And a lot of people, you know, hear that story and how did how did I continue to do it? And and that's why I'm so big on persistence, man. Because like every single thing, same thing with basketball, man. I feel like people understand it. I, I started out playing basketball. I had no skill, no skill, none. And then all I did was just go to go to the court every day and shoot, 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 yeah. shoot, shoot, shoot. And so, you know, through basketball, I saw that all I had to do was work hard and I would gain a skill. And now I could transform what somebody called me when it was on the court. Yeah. Like, first, you might be slow. Like, okay, that dude's slow. Don't even worry about it. And they go, wait a second. Slow as hell, man. Wait a second. <laughs> Wait a minute, bro. I, I, I was slow last summer, yeah. but at this point, you know, uh, you can't you about stop to be me, bro. Down. You yeah. about to be sitting down. Yeah. So, 
so that was the first beginning of learning that just I could turn myself into something. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, when I was when I was trying to get into medical school, man, like I just kept getting no, kept getting no, kept getting no. And, you know, I was like the failure, like I felt like they were just, you know, they were turning down my application. And this is what I teach. I, I, I say objectify the failures in your life. You know, don't call yourself a failure objectify so okay what did they what did they really reject they rejected the application i can change the application no one on that admissions committee actually knew me right they didn't know me they Mm -hmm. knew my application i could change the gpa the statement all that stuff so um so yeah man so i finally got the opportunity to get into medical school and you know i went went to philadelphia and and man that was a great experience but then you know once i got out yeah uh, and i started practicing medicine Mm -hmm. uh, i just realized that like you know, medical school taught me to be a, a, a really good physician, meaning like, don't kill anybody, know how to make a great diagnosis, you know, know how to use the right drugs, you know, practice safe. But it didn't teach me anything about the healthcare system, the healthcare industry. I didn't know anything about the business side. Mm-hmm. And in many cases, you know, the, 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 yeah, and the atmosphere was more of like, we're in this for, for altruistic reasons. Like, I'm in medicine because I want to help people. I want to change lives. Yes. But at the same time, I want to make a living for my family, too. So you can't take the business knowledge out of the medical school. And that's what they do now. And so then after after medical school, I was like, man, I got to go to business school because I need to learn about business. I need to learn how to start a business, how to value a business, how to, you know, like I need to learn these things, how to structure a business. So then I, I went to business school after that, man. And so, you know, at this at this point, uh, you know, I'm I'm still seeing patients for a large organization right now. And uh, I'm getting ready to go off and start my own healthcare organization, man. Yeah, start my own, start my own chain of urgent cares, man. That's my next thing. No, nah, that's uh, my, for I, had a, I had a cousin that just asked about that, the healthcare side, and like the hospitals. Where the so-called black hospitals at? Where is that? Where is that infrastructure? So, I, I preached it to the youngins, the youngins that's, that I'm around or that I, I'm in contact with. I'm like, look, if you going if you gonna go to school, like I got one going to uh, school for. Um, to be an engineer at MTSU. So I told him like, if you're going as a, as an engineer, I mean, go on minor in business. Why? Can't nobody play you in a contract. Can't nobody right. play you in, in, in setting up. If you want to do an engineering school online or whatever, can't nobody take that from you. Cause you learning every day, bro. Mm. Like you said, ownership. I'm owning an intellectual property then, meaning myself. I know what I want to do. I know I'm going to grow. Like you said, the persistence, the persistence of what you're saying, it made me think about this pimp named Rosebud Bitterdose. I know it's two totally different scenarios, Mm -hmm. but he talked about talking to women. And he said, I take 100 no's. All it's going to take is one yes. I, I, I put my application in. 500 times, yep. I'm gonna get that yes. Yes. And Absolutely. now we off and rolling. So it's like, and he says, he says, always be pimping. And I understand what he means. As far as like, I say AVP, always be productive. Mm. You know what I'm saying? If I'm always, if I'm telling the young man, always be productive, that mean in your downtime, you got your phone. I can be on Instagram all goddamn night. I can be on Facebook <laughs> shooting the shit all day. I can get caught up in all the conversation. That's not why I'm on there. 
I got, I want, I want a media company. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I can promote my way of life to the world in which I want to bring to the world, not what the world bring to me. Right. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So that, that definition alone of you saying ownership, it mean, you know what I'm saying? Like it means someone I see persist now because if, if I got the head on and I see you represent like how you represent, I'm, I'm going to be persistent. I'm going to be persistent like a neck. Yeah. It says, it says, it says, and that's why I love, I love persistence, man. I, and I love persist. You know, I, I got my book, my latest book is called persist. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, how to beat the things that make us quit. And I got the persist Institute, man, where I do, yeah. uh, I do the online mastermind with folks. I coach people month, you know, month to month on, yeah. on how to persist, how to keep going after their goals. And, you know, this, that, that work kind of bubbled out of my, my work as a physician because, you know, when I was in the room, you know, I first it started off in surgery. Surgery was the patient was sleep. Most of the time I was dealing with them because we're doing a surgery, the patient sleep. You don't get to talk to them. And mm-hmm. in surgery, you know, the less you talk to the patient, it's almost kind of the better because if they don't call you, then you did your job. Like, you know, yeah. like if you, they don't have any complications, yeah. <laughs> like they, if they forgot you, that's, that's the best because, you did your job, you, you, you changed their life, you know, or whatever. And so it went from, you know, operating on patients that was asleep to becoming a flight surgeon in the Air Force and taking care of pilots, yeah, where it yeah. was more it was more of a kind of a conversation when I was, you know, talking to them and trying to get a good, build a rapport with them. Because in the Air Force, um, I had to assess a pilot's ability to fly. So I had to really get into a pilot's head because if something was going on with him, uh-huh. I had to I had to make sure that he was mentally okay to go do what he wanted to, what, yeah, what we needed they, him to do in the in the plane, right? The aircraft so ain't with, right. And if he's dealing with something if, or if he's distracted and we got him on a mission and a lot of the stuff we do in the Air Force is no fail, man. Like you can't fail. Like yeah. if you fail, you know some people don't you can't fail. It's yeah. it's no, you hit your target, that's what you do. And so, you know, it it was part of my job to assess the pilots mental capacity to be where he needed to be to 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 execute the mission and so it went from seeing patients that were asleep most of the time operating to now dealing with with pilots and trying to build rapport so they can tell me the truth because they know what i'm doing yeah. they know i'm there to assess their ability to fly so you know it, it first so it started off psychology with, too oh yeah it's huge that's where i'm going yeah. and so at first it was like hey doc you know, how you doing? I meet with the pilot. I'd be like, hey, how things are going? It was like, I'm doing great. Yeah, I feel amazing. I, there's nothing. Go- I ain't never felt this good in my life. You know, like at first it started out like that. And then I learned how to build rapport with a person. I learned how to let them know I was on their team. And, you know, I wasn't just trying to take them down, you know, and all this stuff. And then I said, well, there's some limitations in the 30 minute visit or hour visit. I want to go deep with somebody. I want to change their life, you know, because I could give somebody a pill, but they don't necessarily have to take it, you know? And it's like, well, why aren't you taking it? Now I got to talk about your motivation you got in your life. Now I got to talk about what taking a pill means to you. Now I got to talk about why, what, why being healthy is important to you. That's a whole nother level of work. And so that's the type of work that I do with my Persist Institute and personal development okay. because, you know, I found in medicine, there's some limitations. Um, and so I wanted to just go deeper with people and change people's lives at a higher level. And so okay. with the work that I do online, my videos, my speaking, my books, my events, all that is around transforming somebody's mindset and giving them the tools so they can keep going after their dreams because it's, it's worked for me. 
Man, how you how you do that, bro? I was gonna ask the question, and you just your ass just started talking. Nobody <laughs> knew what the hell I was gonna ask. No, nah, but another thing I see with the persist, it reminds me of you being on defense. You were yeah, a goddamn, man. you were a goddamn net, <laughs> So, bro, um, that's no, that's real. But before I even get there, a columnist, how the hell, yeah, columnist, how, bro? Yeah, so, so. Oh. What, and, and, and and top top 40 under 40 Sacramento. Man, I'm telling you, I've I've been I've had some great opportunities, man. But um, you know, I I got I I started doing writing work. So once I wrote my first book, uh-huh. um, the the first magazine I started writing for was a uh, was a magazine to get get getting paid was a magazine called uh, Live Happy, okay. and um. You know, as I got into the book industry, uh-huh. I started to realize that people wrote for a living that weren't just book authors. They were actually journalists and columnists, and they actually freelance and made money doing this. Yeah. So, like I said, for me, I've always looked for opportunities, man. And that's why another thing, come on, we'll just go to financial really quickly. But I make money probably 10 different ways. And so a lot of people just get money one way. I don't look at it like that. I, I can bring a lot, lot of value to the world. I can I bring a lot of value to the world. So I said, okay, I got this skill to write. I have this optimism kind of position, demeanor when I write. Okay, let me look for opportunities where there's magazines, uh, websites, newspapers that can that want my type of content. And so you know, I, I started. I went to a few conferences and I actually ended up getting getting to meet some uh some ceos of a couple magazines mm-hmm. and i started writing for them and then as you write for one another one other you. opportunities come somebody else hit me somebody else hit me so, so then it was just like, like the okay. speaking so it was just like it was the same oh, it was gotcha. the same thing it was the same thing but the first one was the very first one is what you know gets it gets yeah, it rolling and so you know i hit up uh i met the ceo of the of the magazine I, I told him what I was interested in. I told him what I did. I told him that I wanted to write for him. It was a brother. I told him I wanted to write for the magazine. He put me in contact with one of the editors, one of the uh, one of the one of the topper. I don't know, one of the editors at the top. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I did was I, I I I emailed her probably like ten different ideas for stories. Right. And I would just email her all these different stories. I was like, hey, what do you think about this idea? What do you think about this idea? What do you think about this idea? And she hit back like, no, 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 I don't know. I don't really like that. No, I don't. I don't really see how we could use that. No, no, no. And then it was like, oh, oh, wait a second. I think that's a good idea. That's that. And then it was like, boom. Now I'm on. Right. Now I'm on. And so, okay, boom. Now I was writing that. And then it was the same thing every month right so the more content i could produce the more money i would be able to make as a columnist right so um so yeah so that's how you know that's how i got uh i got going with that and with the with the 40 under 40s you know one of the things and man i I hope people are just just hearing some of the i I just want to just teach so much but another thing with the 40 under 40 i think when i used to see 40 under 40 i used to think all those people were like you know, nominated by a gazillion people, mm-hmm. bro. I nominated myself. Okay, I nominated myself, and I never even thought that to I do could that. even do that. Yeah. Oh my god, I didn't even think it was a possibility. But I'm like, I got to vote. I'm gonna vote for myself. I nominated myself. I'm like, look, 
I'm looking at the list of these 40 under 40, and I'm like, okay, what this dude do, what this dude do. I'm like, you know what? I'm here. I'm in the city. Mm -hmm. I'm going to nominate myself. I'm going to let you see me. I want you to see me. If you, if y'all, y'all on the committee trying to figure out who's going to get an award to, I want you to see Clarence Lee Jr. up in there. See Dr. Lee in there. You yeah. might not pick me, but I want Bills. you to see me. Yeah. You want, you need to see me. Might, so, I hey, nominated boom. myself, man. That's, I nominated myself, bro. That's cold, bro. And, uh, and yeah, they gave, they gave me one of the awards, man. So. Dang. Hey, man, um, this, this, this the last question. Yeah, man. And um, it ain't even a damn question. How about that? All right, I'm gonna take you back. I gotta take you back because I said defense, so that you should you should have known what the hell where the hell I was going. Man, <laughs> man White Station High School, Memphis, Tennessee. I walk in the gym. <laughs> in my mind frame, I'm persistent. Like, hey, they don't know who I am. The only person that is two people that not like, three. It's Mel Joyce. Marcus Maples and Marcus Lee, they know who the hell I am. I don't give a damn who on the court. I'm guarding every goddamn body. I don't one, two, and three. I don't care. You know what I mean? And I'm like, my transition was going from East High School to Germantown my senior year. Because I, you know, like, something in me was just like, I just wanted the opportunity to play. I yep. was, I felt like I own, I own it right because I feel like, so much was stripped and so much was taken to where I didn't, I don't feel like I moved at a time when I should. But yep. it's like, I still respect it because I feel like I started something in Germantown that I learned from East on mm. having persistence and drive to where it's like, there wasn't a program that was dedicated on working out. You know what I'm saying? Mm. But at White Station, I just, I knew it was about to win that damn game. <laughs> <laughs> in my heart of hearts. But them fucking White Station sports was like, hell no. Then look, <laughs> my homeboy Rich was like, I don't know who this dude is, but he sure is open. He guard every goddamn body. He all over the court. He live. He always helped them win the game. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm probably the only one hot. And you know what I'm saying? Then we play at Germantown. Man, did y'all run a fucking box to one on me, bro? <laughs> I knew, I knew someone was saying, I know, I know, like, I, re, I, I always respect the coach. You know what I'm saying? Like, as being a thinker on, on the level of uh, Mike Krzyzewski, bro. Like, he yeah. he actually had a consistent program. Just like Coach Mosby had a consistent program. Right. He was a tough right. coach. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He instilled a lot in me to, to, um, to this day, it still exists. You know what I'm saying? I, I remember, uh, Cause I didn't make East team, so I was I went I, I didn't get to Way Station till I, I left in the tenth. All that stuff right. happened. I left in the tenth grade. Yeah, yeah. So um, you know, and I, I I tried to I tried out for the JV eighth grade. I didn't make it. Yeah. I tried out for for the high school ninth grade. I didn't make it. Yeah. So I had this, you know, and and plus he's had some hoopers, man. I mean, you just what? got to keep it real. Like these yeah. they was cold, you know. Yeah, so I mean, dudes. Was, the stuff I saw in the gym at East was it was whole another level. If we were yeah. in another region, that's why I tell people too with high school sports, it's very regional, man. Like Memphis was a hooping town. That's high level, high level. And so I'm oh. going from East. I didn't make the team, and so I'm working the whole summer. Mm -hmm. And uh, but you know, I, I think you know, you know, coming through there and, and being with that talent, 
um, you know, it, 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 it taught me a lot. It taught me a lot about, about, you know, just, just being that, being that dog, man, just having that dog in you, you know what I mean? And, 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 and knowing that the next dude's going to try to give everything to. And so it, it just taught me a ton, man. But I, I, I remember, bro, this, I, this is my high school story. When I remember, mm-hmm. I remember my senior year, mm-hmm. we got to play East in like the city. It was like the city Boy. championship or something. Boy. I, want, I don't know if you remember that game. No, I wanted, I wanted, I wanted East. I just told Titus that. I said, I had my eyes set on y'all ass on East High School. I said, the, the only thing was, man, we lost the Central the game before that. I ain't score shit. I was mad. I was so hurt. I was hurt. But it was like, I, you know what I'm saying? I played. But what, what was you saying, though, about East? Y'all played. So East I think, I, I, think yeah. I pulled up to that game. So East East came through White Station my senior year. We haven't played them. We haven't played them. I've been at White Station three years now. Tenth mm-hmm. grade, eleventh grade, twelfth grade. So yeah. I'm I'm basically Damn. salivating at the you, mouth, yeah, you, waiting yeah. for the opportunity. And I, you know, because I'm like, you gonna see me. So I know coach over there. I'm like, oh yeah, you gonna see two me. Years, yeah. Two years. Two years. I got cut. I, I I've been waiting for five years for this game, dog. And uh, it was one of my best games. It was one of my absolute best games, um, you know. And it's it, it, it was it was just one of my best games, man. But I think, um, you know, one of the things that that taught me and me being able to perform in that game, I think I hit, I think I hit twenty points in a, I hit I'm, I hit twenty in a row in that game. I believe, and I, I not exaggerating in no, a I, row. No, it was. I'm, I, I'm I was saying. So, I was so like, but but what it what it taught me was that like, that obs- you know that obsession because a lot of people talk about obsessions. I talk about persistence, oh, yeah. but it was something that when you want something so bad and you you just not willing. And my mindset was always that like, I'm I'm I, I, I should be on, I should have been on a team. I should have been on a team. I should have been on a team. And 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 then I, I was good enough. I'm good enough. I'm good enough. And it was like yeah. I'm gonna work. I'm gonna work. I'm gonna work. And now it was like, I'm going to show you. And yeah. so in, in, you know, in the world and and, it, and it's not always like chip on your shoulder, but I do have a little chip on my shoulder because of what I've been through. But at the end of the day, I feel like all of us, it's like, we have to show the world what we're capable of. And if yeah. you're telling your, if you're telling yourself that the world is not ready, or you're telling yourself that there's situations in the world that's going to keep you from really flourishing, don't lie to yourself. Yeah. Don't lie to yourself. Like just you know, just make it happen, man. And so for me, it was uh, that was one of my great man. I, that's one of my best memories, man. Being able to knock them oh, out. Yeah, yeah I'd be like, yeah, bitch, you got beat, bitch. Yeah, I feel you. Though. Got, yeah, you I know. Like, yeah, I know the feeling. You created something, you know. So I was excited, yeah. man. So um, last thing before we before we shut down um. I've enjoyed this, man. I'm, yeah, we we yeah. got to do this more, man. I'm Thank you for the me. opportunity too. Yeah, I'm gonna talk to you a little bit after it too, because I, I see some things that I, I need from you and I wanna get, you know, I wanna get involved with. But first, um, give me a give me a uh maybe a personal quote that you have that you live by or just um a quote that you live by, you know what I'm saying? One or the other. It's on you. I was I was I was thinking I was thinking too, um and I'll tell you, I'll tell you the one, the one that I always tell people is, you know, is, is, is dream big and don't give up too early. Um, I think giving up is, is what, what, what hurts a lot of people. And so 
we all start off dreaming big, but you know, I say I encourage people don't give up too early. And then the second thing is, um, is, is whatever you do, go all in, like go all in. And I, and I, and I, and, and the reason why I say go all in is because many people, uh, they throttle back before they go all in because at a point you're going to start looking crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like if you really go all in, if you worried about what everybody else thinks, it might, it might keep you from going all in. So, you know, that's the question that I tell people is, is, you know, uh, go all in, man. You got to give yourself the best opportunity to win. So if you holding anything back, you holding yourself back, give it everything that you got and then see what happens. Yeah. But don't have it, don't have it where you got to come back years later and be like, man, I didn't give it everything and it didn't work out and be wishing you had. Like, yeah. go all in. Go all in. I see. So, um, last thing, man. Um, Tell the people where they can find you, just uh, whether it's Facebook, Instagram. I don't know if you got a TikTok. I know the, <laughs> no, yeah. I know, I know the kids be on TikTok like a one. Right. But, um, no, tic, no TikTok yet. Yeah, so my, my, my website, my main website, my central hub is ClarenceLeeJr.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, just ClarenceLeeJr.com. And from there, you can branch off and see everything I'm doing with my company. But, you know, uh, persist. So I, I have, I've got my books on my website. You can get my books. Um, but right now, my, my membership program is really what I'm, I'm, I'm pushing and I'm really passionate about, um, and that's the Persist Institute. So if anyone's interested in, you know, getting uh, getting coached by me, joining a mastermind of, of, of people that are, are trying to live their dreams, I've got little groups of people trying to do different things. I've got authors, I've got speakers, you know, I've got uh, influencers that I'm working with, uh, PersistInstitute.com. And, uh, and and join in with the group and and, and and get trained and coached by me. But those are the two. So uh, my main main hub, ClarenceLeeJr.com, and all the social medias. I'm uh, at Dr. Clarence Lee Jr. on all the social medias except for TikTok. With everything else, oh, I said I know. YouTube, <laughs> YouTube, Twitter, Snap, you know, Snapchat, all those at Dr. Clarence Lee Jr. Yo, hey man, um, it's been a pleasure, bro. I've been looking forward to this. Um, me too, man. Yeah, I'm I'm proud. I'm proud to say, man, like I had a chance to live through you in certain moments of seeing like, hey man, dude, dude when I went to White Station and was killing. Even just looking, you know what I'm saying, looking in the paper and things of that nature. And even now to see, I was like, I happened to be on Facebook at the time the other day, and I'm like, man, whoo. And he was just about to get off. And that's where that one question about uh the financial freedom came. You know, I was like, Yeah, he like dude been dude been grinding, he been on it. And now I understand more of what you meant by persistence and not just mm. what you meant by it. I see it in, in motion. I see it in spirit. I see it lived out. So, um, hey man, I, we, we're going to do another one. I already know it's a part two coming. So yes, sir. Yeah, get ready. Um, I'm a, uh, stay on man. All right, man. This is art of architect more than haircut podcast. I'm out. <laughs>